thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview. It was really interesting because I came across you and I'm learning about meditating and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, this would be really interesting to talk to her about. Good. Perfect. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Awkward Mom Stage Podcast, a podcast where Lola, that's me, a millennial mom, talks to friends about life, motherhood, and everything in between. Every Wednesday, I bring you topics that we all struggle with, whether we're a parent or not. Every stage of motherhood is awkward. Whether you have one kid or six, you're a dog mom, or you feel like your partner's mom, things can get messy. I'm for sure an awkward mom, navigating all the growing pains that come along with millennial mom life. Feel stuck in an identity crisis? Feel like your life lacks direction? Goals feel distant? Well, you're not alone. Tune in every Wednesday as I go through the crazy coaster called life with you. This podcast celebrates motherhood in all forms for exactly what it is, awkward. I'm your host, Lola Nicole. Grab yourself a glass of water or wine, whichever suits your day, and get ready because the Awkward Mom stage starts now. What better introduction to an episode about meditation than the birds? I mean, these bad boys are awake early, okay? I hear them all day, all night. So it's literally like a never-ending meditation sequence for me outside. Hey, y'all, and welcome back to the podcast. If you're new here, hi, hello, welcome to the Awkward Mom Stage. If you're coming back for another episode, thank you so much for your support. If you're loving the podcast, please don't forget to leave me a review so others can find me and join the TAMS crew. Today, I'm sitting down with Lisa Erickson. She's an energy worker and a meditation teacher. She works a lot, especially with mindfulness around parenting, healing sexual trauma, and helping women break through barriers to their own power and self-beliefs that are holding them back from stepping out into the world the way they were meant to do. She started meditation while still in the corporate world and after having kids migrated into her new career. She has 15 years experience, so I'm so excited to sit down with an expert to help teach us some new pointers on meditation so we can all get in tune with our minds, bodies, and souls together. So let's jump into this episode. So I always do like an introduction on my podcast to share my guests, but I always like for them to kind of tell everyone who they are and what they do and kind of how you got started. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, my name is Lisa Erickson and I call myself an energy worker and a meditation teacher. I say energy worker because a lot of the meditation techniques and healing techniques that I work with use the chakras, which are energy centers uh, aligned along our spine that we can focus on. That's not the only kind of meditation that I work with, but it's one of the main ones. And I especially work a lot with women because I work a lot with mindfulness around parenting and also healing from different kinds of trauma, especially sexual trauma, and also helping women break through barriers to their own power, like their own self-beliefs that are holding them back from stepping out into the world uh, in the way that they're meant to do. So that's kind of me. And I got into this work through my own I was in business and in technology for many years, and I was having a lot of stress, physical issues, headaches and stomach aches. And that's how I originally got into meditation. It sort of turned into a spiritual path from there. 
And then I started studying energy healing. And eventually, after I had kids, started migrating my career. And now I've been doing this for about 15 years. Oh, wow. Okay. That's awesome. Is like energy work and meditation separate? Are they one and the same? It can be both. Sometimes they're one and the same and sometimes they're separate. So there's a lot of kinds of meditation. And I think for basic stress management, which is really probably the most common reason people initially turn to meditation, the, one of the most common forms is just focusing on your breath and just sitting for a few minutes a day really just focusing on the feeling of the breath going in and out of your body, perhaps elongating the exhale because that actually triggers a relaxation response. And just your mind will wander, your mind will go all over, but you pull, you just keep pulling your mind back. And that is really like a meditation push-up. And the more you do that, you are training your mind to know how to pull yourself back when you're out in your day and you're stressed out and you start getting worked up. You're training yourself how to pull your mind away from those overwhelming emotions. So that's kind of basic meditation. Then chakra meditation, instead of just focusing on your breath, you're focusing on a particular part of your body and either visualizing light there. Like I'm going here because this is kind of a common one, the heart chakra energy center here or the third eye up here. You're either visualizing light there. You might be doing a a chanting like Om or another uh, mantra or seed syllable to help some people use music and you're visualizing you're activating this energy center here or whichever energy center you're working with each one is associated with certain emotions and energies that you're trying to feel more of so then in the kind of work I do there's also distance healing like Reiki you may have heard of Reiki this is when someone else is channeling energy into you so I do do that But I also guide people through chakra meditation where they're learning to activate their own energy centers. They're not just receiving it from me as a healer. So when they're doing that, that's really meditation. That's really guided meditation. So that's how they all kind of (laughs) intersect. That was a lot, I know, to throw at you all at once. Guided meditation is kind of like what I do because like I use the Insight Timer app. And there's like meditations and stuff on there. Is that what guided meditation is when someone's talking you through the meditation? Exactly. And they might be using a visual, like sometimes they're guiding you through a visualization. Sometimes they're guiding you through focusing on your breath, focusing on a chakra. There's a lot of different things you could focus on in a meditation, depending on what it is that you're working with. You know, if you're working with anxiety or you're trying to feel more empowered, you know, different meditations help with different things. What do you think the best way for someone that, cause like for me, it's really hard for me to focus like in quiet. I feel like when it's quiet, then that's when my mind races the most. So for someone that has a hard time focusing and kind of being still and quiet, what would you suggest to them in starting to meditate? Yeah. Well, and this is really common. I mean, this is what most many people find either when they start to meditate, either they fall asleep or they get really busy. It's like we we tend to be one or the other. Some people just go right to sleep (laughs) and some people, their mind gets even busier. Right. So you're trying to find this middle place. I find for people who uh, tend towards getting really busy, sometimes a more active meditation to start is actually good. So like there's walking meditation. You know, yoga is a kind of moving meditation because as you're moving through the poses, you're trying you're trying to just focus on your body, not 
thinking. So sometimes yoga is a, an entry point into meditation because you're moving as you do it. But if you want a formal sitting meditation, you could try mantra meditation, which is when you're like repeating a phrase over and over, and there's different versions of that. Or I find chakra meditation really, really good for that because you usually have a visual, like you're visualizing a color light in this chakra for a while, and maybe you're doing affirmations with it too, like I am calm, and you try to feel that, I am peaceful, and then each time your mind wanders, you come back, you say that affirmation again, you focus again. So there's a little bit more activity to it. Um, sometimes for breath-based meditation, people will advise counting. So count 10 breaths forward and then 10 breaths back, 10, 9, 8, 7. And that counting gives your mind something to do. So basically, it's about it's experimenting with different meditations to find which one keeps you the most engaged, but also accepting that your mind will wander and that's normal. It doesn't mean that you're a bad meditator. <laughs> it What counts is every time you pull your mind back, not okay. that your mind wanders, but that each time you pull it back, that is a push-up, right? And that that's what you're trying to, to strengthen is that part of your mind that pulls you back. Right. Yeah. I think that's what I'm always like, oh, I am doing this wrong. I'm terrible at this because right. my mind wanders. Let all that go. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, wait, this is totally not right. I'm not doing it right. But it's good to know that like mind wandering is kind of a part of it. Yeah, I guess. it's like exercise. Okay. Yeah. You know, like if when you first start out in the gym, you can only do two push-ups. That doesn't mean you're bad at push-ups. It means, you know, you have to do more push-ups. And a few months from now, you'll be able to do more than two, right? right. It's the same with meditation. People need to give themselves time. It's a process. No one just sits down and stills their mind. Right. With meditating and energy work, how would one start with choosing which one is right for them? Would they just kind of do one or the other? Yeah, I think experimenting is really good. Um, the Insight Timer app is a good one because it has different voices and different meditations. Because that's another thing with guided meditation. Sometimes one person's voice or style will resonate with you and another person won't, you know. Then you can also seek out, like, if you have a specific goal, like, okay, the reason I need to meditate is stress is getting the better of me, right? Like, if that is your goal, stress management, then you can specifically focus on meditations that are for that. Insomnia is another one. There are meditations that are specifically for insomnia, helping you get to sleep, right? Then some of the chakra work I do, it's more around there's empowerment, like, um, okay, I you know, in my career, I'm trying to make a new jump and I'm just overwhelmed with fear or self-doubt and I'm trying to break through that, then you might want to do meditations that are more focused on empowerment and, and letting go of self-beliefs, uh, older self-beliefs. Then I do a lot of trauma healing, you know, so some people are specifically looking for meditation that's going to help support um, healing from different traumatic events in their life. So you can look these different things up and find, experiment with different meditations depending on what your goal is. And some okay. people it's spiritual. That's the, for some people it's tied to their spiritual faith. Right. So they're meditations that are, you know, um, from a spiritual leader that aligns with their beliefs or something like that. Okay. So with trauma work, 
How would someone come about working with you? How do they first begin in working through that trauma? Yeah. Well, I do both classes and private session work uh, one-on-one by phone or Zoom or classes, a lot of classes. So a lot of people come through those. I have a book that's called Chakra Empowerment for Women that is going through all the chakras. And it's really women's empowerment, but every section had every chapter has one section on how that particular chakra or energy center might be impacted by trauma. Um, you know, feelings of unworthiness in the heart ch- are linked to the heart chakra, right? Feelings of self-blame or guilt are linked to a particular chakra. Feelings of I can't own my power, right? That uh, or being passive, being afraid to speak up could be work we're working on the throat chakra. So that's kind of the work that I do. So some people it would be more from that book or a class that they take or private session work. Okay. If someone's brand new to energy work and they're trying to figure out what's right for them, how would you best describe it to them to kind of steer them in the right direction? Yeah. I mean, I have two approaches. Sometimes I just say, just try it. Just let me guide you through and then try to sit home on your own and see if you start to feel it. Because sometimes all the describing it, all the intellectual stuff can scare people, right? Like, oh, I don't really understand what you mean. And you don't actually have to understand it to feel it, right? It's like, you don't, it's again, using the exercise model, you know, to learn to do push-ups or to run, you know, you don't have to understand the anatomy of every muscle and bone in your body, right? <laughs> you just right. need someone to tell you, do it like this, keep your shoulders over your elbow, you know, all that kind of stuff. So the most common one I would start with is the heart center. And I would ask someone and anyone listening along can try this if they want, like, Just think of someone, perhaps a child or a pet, that you just really love in a very uncomplicated way, right? So not our messy relationships, just like someone we just love in a really uncomplicated way. And usually when you do that, you'll feel like a warmth in your heart, like you want to hug them to you, right? Even when you see like a cute puppy video, maybe some people might feel that, right? Yeah. That actually is, that warmth is your heart chakra, right? And even if people don't feel it right away, if they do that for a few days, they usually do. And then you try to just focus on magnifying that warmth without the thought of the person, the child or the pet or whatever. And that is a very entry level heart chakra meditation. And as you're doing that, you're just releasing these endorphins and these this energy into your body. Right. So that that's how it would often just start with people like not even getting into the theory. But the theory really is, it's simple. We have an energy body just like we have a physical body. And cultures all around the world have mapped this. I mean, literally all around the world. They don't all use the exact same terms, but there really isn't uh, an area of the world where there aren't, there isn't energy healing or mappings of our energy body. And so you're connecting just with a really ancient universal knowledge when you, when you engage with the, these mappings. Okay. Hey y'all, it's Lola here, host and producer of the Awkward Mom Stays podcast. And let me tell you, hosting and producing this podcast is not easy. I had no idea what I was doing, and I still kind of don't. Don't tell anyone, but I don't. Buzzsprout has definitely been there to help me along the way. From hosting to helpful videos on what to do, how to edit, where to go, how to get music, you name it. They let me know how to do it. 
and their Facebook community is even more helpful. So let me tell you now, if you are a podcaster or you're trying to start a podcast or you have a podcast and you're looking for a host, definitely check out Buzzsprout. They've got everything you need to get started, even a domain name if you don't already have one. Trust me, I'm no tech genius and Buzzsprout has definitely been my saving grace. So if you're interested, you can definitely click the link in the show notes and it will take you to Buzzsprout and they will walk you through everything you need on getting your podcast up, running and ready to go. Now back to the show. Do you feel like manifestation and meditation Mm -hmm. kind of go hand in hand? It's both and not one or the other? You definitely can use meditation for that. Meditation can definitely be a very helpful part of trying to manifest something in your life. Because we often talk about in manifesting this idea like you have to be able to feel as if you already have what you want, right? That if you're just focusing on what you want, then the emotion you're feeling and the energy you're putting out is I don't have it, I don't have it, I don't have it, right? Or maybe I don't deserve it or I could never have that, right? Or I'm not capable of that. Like whatever fears are in there. Right. So meditation can help in two ways. One is it can help you by slowing down, see those thoughts, and let them go like, oh, wow, there I was just thinking about how impossible this is for two straight minutes. I'm going to let that go. So meditation helps you train your mind to let go of those old tapes, right? Then it helps you. You can do certain meditation forms where you're specifically using affirmations and chakra work to empower the new state. Like, for example, the navel energy center is linked to self-confidence. So if a big issue is lack of self-confidence, I would have someone focusing on their navel chakra alike a lot, letting go of the doubtful thoughts and really affirming daily, I am confident, right? I am good at what I do. And I'd probably make it more specific like to what they were trying to do, you know? The other thing that it helps with then is trying to really, like if you are manifesting and you're, say, visualizing what you want, this business that you want, or this new relationship, or you're trying to move, so whatever it is, right? Visualize and really flesh out that visual and identify the energies that you'll feel like when you have that. Like, what do you really want? We'll say, oh, I need more money. Okay, but when you get that money, how will it make you feel? Right. You'll feel more relaxed, more secure, like you can um, do more things that bring you happiness. You know, what is it? So name those things. And what I'll often do is have people give each of them a color light and then imagine that light coming into you now. Because that's what you really want. Not the money. The feelings the money is going to bring into your life of security. Right. Of, uh, right. And so you focus on that. So the yeah, that was a lot to throw at you, but that's all the different ways that I would use different kinds of meditation to support manifesting. Okay. What would you say to someone that has a more negative mindset and they're trying to kind of step out of that mindset and they're trying to use meditation as a way to kind of pull themselves out of it? What tips would you give them in kind of trying to breaking break through that? Yeah. Well, really identify what is the root of those negative patterns. If it's really, you know, pervasive, like it's really hard to get out of, there is usually something in someone's past that has imprinted that in there, right? It's either someone else's voice, right? right. A parent or family member, something, it's someone else's voice that as a young child got imprinted, or it's the result of trauma or abuse. 
or a failure, a big event in someone's life that just they felt like they failed. So they just lost all their confidence and they're stuck in that place of blame. So you have to go back and do some healing around how it got there. Then once you've done some healing and that could be counseling, that could be energy healing, that could be a lot of different things, right? That could be, you know, a spiritual guide helping. I mean, it's a lot of different ways to heal, right? Then from that place, once you've really faced how it got there, the negative imprints, it's about vigilance. And that's where meditation helps you. You just keep day after day, every time those thoughts come in and you recognize them, you push them away and you say the opposite, right? No, I do deserve this. I am a, a good person, right? You do whatever you need to replace it with. You just do it over and over. Sometimes you won't catch yourself for days. You'll get in a funk for days, right? right. And you're like, oh, I just spent five days like that. And then you just pick yourself up. And then what happens is you just start catching yourself sooner. You catch yourself after three days. You catch yourself after one day. You catch yourself after three hours. You catch yourself after one hour. Eventually, when those negative thoughts are arising, you're catching them as they happen. And you're like, no. But it does take some, it takes practice and vigilance. It takes the healing of the original imprint and how that got there. And then it takes vigilance for a while. And then eventually you're like, oh, gosh, I haven't thought that thought for like months. Right. But, it, you know, that's how it happens. Okay. Yeah. So you would say that like sometimes therapy would be needed alongside meditation that also meditation isn't a way to not have to go to therapy basically for most people no it really depends on what someone's dealing with i think it's very individual what works for someone and the combination of treatments that's going to work so certainly i know people that have healed even from very serious trauma without therapy but they usually had multiple things they were doing maybe they were working with like an energy healer and a biofeedback person, you know, or somatic healing is big in trauma healing because trauma is stored in our body. Most people with very serious trauma in some point in their life, they do have some sort of counseling or therapy. I think it's just very individual. And then the meditation is a great complement to that because it gives you tools to use in the moment, right? You're, you really learn how to push away the or let go of the thoughts and emotions that don't serve you. Okay. Is there like a time when stepping away from meditation is a good idea? Like if someone's just like, I'm not getting this, it's not working for me. Like when should they take a break or? Absolutely. I mean, if some if someone's actually starting to feel bad about themselves or they feel as if meditation is triggering, like they sit down and all of a sudden they're having flashbacks or something like that, that's a sign. No, you know, you stop. You don't push your way through that. That's usually your mind telling you, you know, your being telling you uh, it's time to face this stuff and you need some support. And that's when you do need to be working with someone. Oh. Right. Uh, and then usually you might return to meditation at another time or you need another form of meditation. You know, you need a meditation that's more active. And that is what's going to work for you for sure. Oh. I think active or somewhat active meditation mm -hmm. is good for me because mm -hmm. it's hard for me. I always catch my mind either wandering or like you said, sometimes I'll drift off when it's like, wait, wait, no, that's not what I was here for. Mm -hmm. So I try and do my meditation in the morning and I do maybe like a 10, 15 minute meditation. But while I'm listening to the meditation, sometimes I'm doing 
something else like washing my face or like getting ready is that also like can you meditate that way is that still meditating well it is in the sense that you're connecting your mind with something else other than your busy normal thoughts which is really the main activity of meditation you know so i think it's a gateway in and it's what works for you right so you have to honor what works for you if after doing that you feel better then something is happening right And then maybe down the road, you're going to feel like you want to do a more formal sitting meditation that's going to feel helpful to you. Maybe not. Yeah. So you really uh, have to honor and not have kind of any rules around it, I think, especially when starting out. And I think it also changes at different points in your life, like depending on what's going on in your life. Right. Right. We have phases where we're more contemplative and we have phases where we're just really active you know, when my kids were young, I had meditated for a long time before I had kids. And when my kids were young, it had to get a lot shorter. Right. <laughs> you know, a lot more. There'd be times when I was meditating and there's kids running around and now they're teenagers. So I have more time for myself. So it's become right. more contemplative and spiritual, but it, it goes through different phases in our life. Right. Yeah. Right now my kids are really young, but my youngest is still kind of really dependent because she's six. Yeah. So I have to kind of I usually do my meditating first thing in the morning, like when I get up before they wake up, because that's the only time that it's going to be silent until bedtime. So I'm like, okay, well, 10 minute meditation in the morning. That's what we've got for today. Well, and that's great. I mean, the reality is most moms, you know, can't even get that. So that's fantastic. You've carved out that that time. And that's what we have to do, right? You know, now I'm on the other end. They're teenagers and it's like, I'm trying to pry them out of their room to see if they're still alive (laughs) because they've got their headphones in. (laughs) So I'm on the whole other end of the spectrum. What are some steps that you feel someone should take when they're trying to first start out with meditating? Where would they first look to like an app or a website I think these days, yes, the apps, there's the, the Insight one you mentioned, and there's another one which is escaping my mind, but you'll, people will find it in the App Store. <laughs> Can you remember the name? Headspace. Is that the I app? Think it's Headspace, yes, yeah. yeah. That has a lot of different ones, and there are websites you know, or books. So I think it's a matter of exploring and seeing what resonates for you, with you to start. You know, there are also meditation classes. So depending on where someone lives, and now a lot of those are obviously being done by Zoom and things like that. So it is a matter of experimenting, but maybe first really identifying what is the main reason I'm meditating. There could be multiple reasons, but if you know it's stress management, then you're going to want to start your search along those lines. If you know it's healing from trauma, put that in your search, right? If it's spiritual, put that in your search. It may be multiple, but give yourself an access point. Like what's the main thing I'm trying to accomplish right now? If it's manifesting so that you're, looking through the ones that are your options that are the most relevant to what your initial goal is. And I do think meditation changes for most people over time, but you start with that first seed. Okay. What does refueling mean? Because I've heard that within meditating, what does that mean? Well, to me, it's really finding a meditation form where you feel like it is energizing you, not draining you, at least part of the time. I mean, it does feel like work part of the time because you have to keep pulling your mind back, right? But you want to feel as if afterwards at some level, most of the time, maybe not every day, but most of the time, you feel more energized after. You feel in some way more connected to your true source of energy, right? Which is really inside of us, not outside of us. So that that's what refueling really means to me. 
And when people say, oh, you're feeling energy, because I know me and some friends were like, okay, well, what is that? Like, what feeling are we supposed to be feeling? Does everyone feel the same feeling? Or is there an aha moment where it's like, ah, I've got this? Or is it just kind of different for everyone? And it just kind of feels different for everyone? I think it does feel different for everyone. And it also progresses. So it's not about like just finding one state that you return to over and over. Right. It's progressed through your whole life. It's, it's, I think, never ending what you can unfold within you. From my perspective, because I'm a, a chakra geek and I love thinking of everything in terms of the chakras, I think the reason people experience it differently is it's kind of like we each have a different energy profile. So okay. someone might be a real heart person that's well developed in them. So the first thing they're going to feel is maybe peace in the center of their body here. But someone who's real physical, who's a real exerciser, they might feel it as like an almost full body energization. You know, someone who's very intuitive might really feel something up here or they might see light. And it isn't that one is better than the other. It really is just individual proclivities. But over time, you can open up all of them if you're interested. That's that's the we could say the spiritual journey for someone if they're interested. Okay. What do you feel the best meditation is for someone that's trying to get out of their own head to kind of like clear their mind a little bit? Maybe they have like a project coming up or they're trying to kind of regroup. What do you feel like the best sort of meditation is for that? Well, I like basic breath-based meditation because it's so simple, you know, that you can anywhere you are just to focus on even just 10 breaths of just breathing in and out and the rise and fall of your belly or the sensation of the breath just going in and out of your nose or mouth. This is like the basics. And we know that it has like when they do biological studies, they hook people up to nodes. It has a centering and calming effect, right? But then, of course, I'm partial to chakra meditation. So if someone uh, is interested in that, I feel it has a lot of power because you can pick almost what energy do I need most right now? Like, I'm feeling really frenetic up here. I'm going to pull my energy down and focus on some of those lower chakras to get myself back in my body and connected to sensations around me. Uh, Another good one for that is sense meditation, which is like just sitting for a minute and going, what is every sound that I hear? And so you force yourself to turn your, your mind from all the busy thoughts to, oh, okay, there's a car going by. There's a dog barked down the street. Oh, I can hear the whir of the fan in the background. Oh, there was just a bird that chirped. Like all of a sudden you realize there's all these things you didn't hear, but doing that pulls your mind away from, you know, the chatter. So that's another centering, calming, but because it's active, it can sometimes be easier to do. Can you do it with colors too? What's every color I see, you know, but sound is often a good one. Okay. Do you see a lot of child meditation? I know for me, we have like this thing where we'll we'll have our six-year-old, if she's getting like too hyperactive or she's too upset about something, we'll do the one, two, three, breathe, movement, breathe in, breathe out, and then she calms down and then we talk about it. Do you see a lot of child meditation even I don't, but I wish I did. (laughs) No, I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah. And you know what? It is getting more common. There are some school systems that are teaching it and child therapists that are teaching it. But I feel as if like that basic technique, that should be something every child learns. So they go into adulthood with a tool they can use in the moment 
when they're, that's a stress management tool, right? It's basic breathing tool. So I think that is wonderful. I think there is a growing awareness around it for children. And that would be fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. It was just something I think I was like, no, I need to take a breather. And I'm like, well, maybe you should take a breather too. And then we just kind of started doing it. So that's kind of helped calm her down. So I was always curious, like, do other people like meditate with their kids? I know like kids do like yoga and all that stuff. So I would assume there's, I'm sure somewhere there's Mm -hmm. children meditating and doing well at it because they definitely have their minds going a mile a minute. So if you can get them to calm down and pay attention and focus, then that's Mm -hmm. great. And well, and it's a skill they can use their whole life, right? And it's also the kids are really open and fluid, especially at that age at six, right? Like they'll try anything. So that really is the age to introduce these kinds of tools. What do you think is the best advice for staying consistent with meditating? If someone's trying to implement that in their daily lives, what's the best way to make sure you're consistent? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of research on how to develop a new habit, and that applies to meditation or other things. And really, there's two things that are the most important, routine and reward. (laughs) So making it as routine as possible, meaning meditating, if possible, at the same time every day in the same location, if possible, having a dedicated space, not on your bed or a chair where you also study, but even if it's just a little corner where that's the only thing you do, because our body and our psyche take cues from our environment. So it's like you get into bed, the cue is sleep. You sit down at your desk, the cue is work, right? So you want a corner where over time the cue for your body is meditate, right? Okay. So so finding a place like that and then putting some pictures or a candle or something there, again, creating a cue for yourself, for your psyche, like, oh, this is a diff- this is a different place. And it's not a picture of your family, like a picture of a beach, a picture of one of your favorite places, you know, a favorite vacation spot with no people in it. Something like that, that is just sending this psychological cue to your psyche. Okay, we're taking a break right now from our life, you know, if you're doing that sitting formal meditation. Then, you know, reward is really powerful. We are creatures that respond to punishment and reward. (laughs) So um, it sounds silly, but like linking after your meditation, allowing yourself something you enjoy like, a, you know, a piece of chocolate. I mean, it sounds silly, but, or you save your coffee for right after that, or you really love, you know, a certain facial cream or something, and you love putting that on your face. You start doing it just after your meditation. You just find some way to link it because, again, it's creating this subconscious link of like, oh, I do this, and then I get that. And then eventually you don't have to have that routine anymore, but your psyche is associating meditation with something positive. And these are true for any kind of habit creation. And they say, you know, really most habits take eight to 12 weeks to develop to the point where it gets automatic, right? Right. So if you're like, okay, the next 12 weeks, I'm going to really try to do this every day or whatever your goal is. I'm going to try to do this three times a week for 12 weeks in the same place at the same time with this little reward. In general, at the end of those three months, it will be automatic. Okay. If there's challenges with meditation, how would someone work through? Is that when they would kind of go to a teacher or a coach? Yeah, it depends what the challenge is. Some challenges, you can just ride them out or change, sometimes experimenting with changing the meditation that you're doing. 
can help. But if it is something like flashbacks or, you know, really strong emotions or something like that, yeah, that's when you would want to seek out support because it really means, in a way, it's a sign something's loosening inside of you that maybe has been pushed down for a long time and now it's ready to heal. So then I would definitely seek support. If it's okay. just sort of like you go for a week and your meditations are very busy, then I would just be like, okay, maybe I need to change my meditation. Let me look for another guided meditation or do something different for a while and see if that reengages my attention. Okay. And there's actual scientific benefits to meditating, right? That's a, it's a scientifically proven thing. Yeah. Yeah. They have done a lot of research on meditation and really it, it pain management, stress management, anxiety, lowering blood pressure, if someone has a regular practice, it does do that. And the reason, when they've studied the reason for it, it triggers the relaxation response eventually, where your body, you know, we don't take time out. So it triggers the opposite of the stress response, where we create adrenaline and cortisol in our body whenever we feel stressed. Relaxation actually lowers the production of those and creates endorphins in our body. Now, that might only happen for one minute out of a 20-minute meditation. But what they're discovering is even that one minute is really good for you. And most of the studies do orient around a practice that is 20 minutes or so a day. So it can take time to get to that point. Okay. But there are studies that even link just taking these breath breaks where you just breathe 10 breaths, elongating your exhale, that it lowers your stress point. So that's, you know, a couple of minutes. So I think anything is beneficial. Okay. What are three goals that someone should focus on when meditating? While they're meditating or to set up their practice? More so to set up their practice and kind of get into the groove of meditation. Yeah. So I think these this stuff around this research around creating a new habit is really the most important. So really setting a goal that's, first of all, that's realistic. I didn't mention that because sometimes people will be like, okay, starting tomorrow, I'm going to meditate an hour a day <laughs> and uh, you know, set a goal that's like, yeah, okay, unrealistic for your life, right? So if it's 10 minutes a day or 10 minutes every other day or 10 minutes Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, like really look at your schedule. Okay. I don't have carpool this day, so I could do it that. Okay. It looks like Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, I can do it. You know, really being realistic. I'm going to start meditating 10 minutes a day, Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday, making a chart for yourself or doing it in your phone to actually, and then doing this other stuff like creating a space in your house that is just for that or a corner and putting a pretty picture there. And then this reward, deciding how am I going to reward myself for this to keep myself going? I think those are the most important things. Okay. So you don't necessarily have to meditate every single day then. Right? No, I mean, in terms of develop, no, I mean, in terms of developing a habit, okay. the research does show it is easier if you're doing something every day, whether even if it's a little bit because that your body, we're very, humans are very routine creatures. So when it's built in like that, but you don't have to do that. No, I mean, you're going to get benefit from doing it two or three times a week. But in terms of it becoming a long-term part of your life, regularity is key. So it is helpful to really be like Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, these are my meditation days, right? Because then it's in your mind and you're more likely to stick with it. Okay. Well, it's like really good information because I felt like 
I was like, I am terrible at meditating. I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna get this. I'm not gonna get to that special place that everyone else gets to with the energy and the light that they feel because I don't feel any of that I just keep hearing myself think (laughs) when I'm trying to be quiet so that's what I've really been focusing on is trying to quiet my own mind so that I can get to the meditation yeah exactly and that has huge benefits because you're pulling your mind back from you're training your mind to pull it back right and that's really everything What's so interesting is in some of these studies around like lowering blood pressure, they would give one group medication and another group, they would have them meditate every day for three months, right? And they had the same amount of lowering of their blood pressure. For the group that was doing the meditation as the treatment, it didn't matter whether they enjoyed meditation or didn't enjoy it. They got the same benefits. So in that sense, it's really is like exercise. You don't... if you have a bad meditation or you don't like it every day, that doesn't mean it isn't doing you some good because you're still pulling your mind back. And that really is a kind of mental exercise. Now, hopefully, I hope everyone finds a form of meditation that they actually do enjoy, at least most of the time. But someone shouldn't get up after a really busy day and feel like that was a total waste of my time because it never is. Just the intention alone. And you pulled your mind back once out of the 10 minutes. That's one more time than you would have it always is worth something. It's like, they'll tell you with exercise, right? A 10 minute walk is better than no exercise at all, all week, right? So you do what you can do and you honor yourself for whatever you're able to do. Yeah, I saw Netflix has Headspace meditations now. There's like eight Headspace meditations on there and I watched them and I was like, oh, this is actually kind of interesting because it for the longest, I thought that you had to meditate like with your eyes closed and all of that. But in those, it kind of tells you, you know, you can like, there's like a little orange ball in there and you can like focus on that or just focus on something else. And I'm like, oh, that, that kind of makes it easier. Cause I don't know what it is, but like sometimes the closing of my eyes, even though I know there's nothing going on around me, really, I'm just like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't keep my eyes closed. Do you hear that a lot? I do hear it a lot, you know, and again, we have different personality types. So you're a doer, right? And then also when we have kids, they've actually done studies on mom's brains, how our brains change after we have kids. There is a shift that occurs in our brains that is like constantly monitoring the household and what's going on. And uh, what is that sound I just heard three rooms over? Did someone (laughs) drop something? Why did it get so quiet? What's going on? Like a part of our brain is always doing that. And that is hard to shut down, right? And and you can eventually, but it, it's important. I mention it only because it's like important to understand having a busy mind, there's a reason for it, right? And in some ways it can be a gift. It's it's part of your who you are and a lot of good things come out of it. So now you're just trying to gain control over it, that you also have the option to slow it down when you need to. But right. it's not like it's all bad, right? Yeah, so this has been so interesting learning all about meditation because I've just had so many questions like how am I doing this right like and then I would ask my friends and they'd be like girl I don't know because I don't even know <laughs> if I'm doing it right so I'm sure they'll be happy to know that we there are many other different types of meditation I didn't realize that there were so many different ways for someone to meditate especially for someone who has a mind that just can't sit still there's mm-hmm. still like a meditation for them. So that's good to know. Absolutely. There's all different forms and everyone can find a form that is going to work for them.
I'm sure everyone would like to know where they can find you and learn more about meditation and trauma healing, even especially the moms that listen, because even birth and everything else is traumatic. So I'm sure that is another way that they can kind of release anything that they are thinking or feeling. So where can everyone kind of find you and learn more about your work? Yeah. Well, the main, my book website is Chakra Empowerment for Women, which is kind of a mouthful, I know, but Chakra is spelled C-H-A-K-R-A, Empowerment for Women. And then I'm on Instagram and Facebook as Chakra Empowerment. So just take off the four women, but you can find, that might be easier. If you're on Facebook or Instagram, go to Chakra Empowerment and you can link through to the website from there. Or I'm on Twitter as Mommy Mystic, because that, and that's also the name of my blog, Mommy Mystic. Awesome. Yeah. And then I have another website that's for private sessions that's Enlightened Energetics, but they're all hooked to each other. So if you find one, you'll get to everywhere else. (laughs) Okay. And I'll put it all in the show notes so everyone can definitely find you. And do you have any like any projects in the works or any new um, clientele? Well, I do have um, some workshops coming up. The Chakra Empowerment for Women book, I teach a three-month course associated with it, and I'm in the middle of one right now. So the next round of that won't start till later on in the year. But I have a lot of one-day workshops. So I have one coming up in April that is trauma, trauma, just one morning, two or three hours. I have one that is perimenopause and menopause, because that's another big thing I work with for women in their 40s and 50s. I periodically do one specifically on motherhood managing energy. I don't have that one scheduled right now. I'll probably do it in May. So people, and I do a lot of work with business. I do like energy work for business and manifesting in business. So some of those are coming up too for anyone interested. So they'll see all those on my website or as events on the Facebook page. Oh, awesome. So that is great. And I'm so glad that I got to talk to you and learn more and help other people learn more about meditating. I know a lot of Moms, especially now with COVID and being home all the time, this was the time that I found out about meditating. So I'm like, I need something to where it's like a minute to myself. I don't care what it is. So that's COVID kind of brought me into meditating. And I know a lot of my other friends also stumbled upon it. Then like, we need a few minutes and like wine isn't going to help all the time. So meditating Mm -hmm. is definitely a more healthy approach to de-stressing for the day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, COVID has been tremendously stressful on women, you know, and I, I can't even, I'm been grateful in many ways that my kids are older, so they can at least do school on their own. I've just, everyone I know with younger kids, it's just hats off. I don't know how we're doing it. We have borne the brunt of this pandemic for sure. So I'm so glad that you're covering something like meditation and that you found it for yourself too. I appreciate you having me on. Yes. Thank you so much for all of your advice and tips. I'm sure everyone is going to love having a resource and somewhere to go because I try and like, I try and share what I learned, but I know nothing about it. So I'm like, I need an expert that can actually like tell everyone what they need to know. They can, she can answer the questions for them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. It was so great having you and you guys, I will put all of her information in the show notes so that way you can find her learn how to meditate. We can learn how to do it together. And thank you so much again, Lisa, for being on the show today. That's it for today's show. Thank you again to Lisa Erickson for taking the time to sit down with us and talk all about meditation. I hope this episode was helpful in your mindfulness journey. 
And I will have all of Lisa's information in the show notes for you. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you're loving the episode, please, please leave me a written review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, so other people can find me. Screenshot the show, share, and tag me on Instagram at the Awkward Mom Stage so I know you love the episode, and I'll reshare and shout you out on the podcast to show you some love. Today's a digital learning day, y'all, so I gotta go make sure my kids are at the computer like they should be. I'm sure my kindergartner has found some new thing to be interested in rather than Zoom learning. (laughs) Pray for me, y'all. I hope you guys are having a great week. I will catch y'all in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for joining me this week on the Awkward Mom Stage podcast. Make sure to visit our Instagram page where you can follow and find information on next week's show and any updates for the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast shows. While you're at it, if you're enjoying the show, I'd appreciate it so much if you rate the show on iTunes or share this podcast with a friend. Be sure to tune in next Wednesday for an all-new episode. I hope you're having an awesome week. Happy Hump Day. And always remember you're beautiful. Lola. Lola.